What is up? Good morning. I hope you are having a fantastic Friday morning here uh, with us. We are uh, the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live with your boy Eddie D. Um, we'll be here from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. today. Um, enjoying the weather that's going on outside. We got a lot of rain outside right now, so you may hear some thunder roaring um, over the course of the live today, but we're certainly excited to be among you today and hope that you're having a fantastic Friday from wherever you're listening from. Again, we're going to be with you from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. today. Feel free to jot down in the comment box with any questions or concerns that you may have. Um, know that um, that every comment that comes in, you know, I'm going to see them all. This may not respond to them all, but feel free to drop down in there with any questions or concerns. And later on in the show, I'll answer all the questions um, that I that that are coming through on the um, it, through the comment box. May write some down to talk about on a future episode of the True Gospel Morning Show. Uh, certainly glad again to be among you guys today. We're going to start off with prayer, and then we're going to jump into Philippians chapter four to do a little exercise in biblical literacy. <coughs> Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. Lord God, we are thankful that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to worship you in spirit and truth on today. We ask, Lord God, that you just saturate our hearts and minds with more of your love, more of your grace, more of your kindness, your forgiveness, your peace, your joy, uh, your patience, uh, your long suffering, your self-control. Lord God, we're asking that you continue to just be a, a, a light that shines in the darkness in our hearts, that we may be the light that shines in the darkness in the world. We're asking that this morning shall be edifying to those who are saved, uh, for those who do believe uh, that we uh, strengthen one another as iron sharpens iron. And for the one who is not, may the words that we say today uh, pierce the hearts of those who don't have a walk with you, that they may grow curious about you and want to know more about you, and grow to love you as we love you, to serve you as we serve you, to obey you as we obey you, and to delight in you as we delight in you. And we do this all for your glory. Uh, we do this so that your light may shine, um, and we do this um, through Jesus Christ who paved the way for us when he died on the cross, uh, descended into hell, ascended uh, back out of hell, and ascended into heaven Lord God, and so we're just thankful for his accomplishment and grateful that he credited his righteousness to us, that we may be called the righteousness of God upon repentance and belief. All these things we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Again, good morning to everybody today. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 on today. Um, I wanted to do an exercise in biblical literacy to give us, to give us a better understanding of... <clears throat> Uh, Philippians chapter four, verse 13, uh, the key, the verse that a lot of us in the Christian realm use, uh, to encourage us and to inspire us to do great things is Philippians four thirteen, where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, but for many of us, we take that verse out of context to think that it gives us a, a, um, a, a, a blanket statement that says that we can do the impossible, that we can live out our dreams, that we can, you know, do anything that we set our minds to. It becomes a, a message of positivity um, that, you know, if we set our minds to anything, we can accomplish anything. And Christ is going to strengthen us to do anything that we put our minds to. 
Um, and so, um, so what I wanted to do today was to plug it back into its context so we can have a better understanding of what that verse is actually talking about when Paul says that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. <clears throat> Starting with verse number 10 in Philippians chapter 13, we find the, we find the words here. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I've received full payment and I'm in more am more I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And may God and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Just in context alone, we see that Paul is not talking about accomplishing great feats, that he's not talking about reaching our dreams, that he's not talking about, you know, climbing up ladders or, you know, building monuments or building great, you know, great ministries or anything of that sort. No, Paul is talking about the struggle for the cause of Christ. He's saying that he's been in situations where he's had to, where he's, where he's been hungry. He's been in situations where he had plenty to eat. He's been in situations when he's been poor He's been in situations when he's had a whole bo a boatload of money. But in both situations, in both scenarios, on both sides of the spectrum, he knew how to be content. He knew how to be in a space of, God, you got this. God, it's in your hands. God, I'm depending on you. God, I'm leaning on you. And so in that space, he's saying, he's not saying that he's learned how to, he's learned to, um, that he's cracked the code to make it all his wildest dreams come true. He's saying that regardless of whether I have a whole lot or whether I have a whole little, I know that I can endure my circumstances through Christ who strengthens me, that I can prevail over my circumstances, despite what the, what the circumstances are looking like through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> If we go into the um, if we go to verse 13 and look at the Greek word for I can do according to um, according to the, the original Greek word for the words I can do. It says uh, that that word, according to Bible Hub and, you know, I love me some Bible Hub um, because it just it's just a rich resource for everything that we um that we're that we're trying to that we're trying to learn in the text. I'm gonna show it to you guys here. You can see it. That's the word. Um, is shoot. It's I believe it's it's. I'm sorry. It's kuo. That's the word. It's kuo. And it means to be strong. 
It means to have power. It means to have strength. It means to be able to prevail. It means to have full health and vigor. And so if we just look at that, just look at this, at the text from that perspective and from that angle, we find that it's not talking so much about that. I have the ability to do something, but it's saying that I can prevail. I can prevail over all things. I can, I can conquer all things. I can conquer any situation or circumstance that's presented before me that not that I can, you know, do what I want to do through Christ who strength, who strengthens me, but that in whatsoever state I find myself in, in whatever situation that is presented before me, whatever obstacle is in my path, I can prevail over that thing when it comes to what God is trying, what God is trying to accomplish in my life <clears throat> and what God is trying to accomplish in my soul. I can prevail over any and all circumstances that it's not the, again, it's not a blanket statement that's saying that I can do whatever I want to do through Christ who strengthens me, but rather whatever situation has come before me, a situation where I've, I'm facing, you know, hardship or a situation where I'm facing where, where I've got a whole lot of resources in my hands, I can prevail over any and all circumstances through Christ who strengthens me. The song um, Torn Well sings called Hills and Valleys. I'm reminded of that song because in that song, um, Torrin Wells is saying that, you know, if I if I ascend to the highest of mountains, I know how to humble myself. You know, I, I know to humble myself because I'm not because I didn't get here on my own. I, so I humble myself and I know how to be content in the state of being in a, in a high place and where I don't boast my boast of myself or think that I'm arrogant or think that I'm, you know, high mighty or think that I got here on my own. But then if I'm down in the dumps and I'm down in the valley, I know how to reach my hands up and say, God, help me. God, you know, save me. God, deliver me. God, you know, help me out of my situation. I know that I know Christ in both situations. I know I know Christ in both scenarios that God can give me the strength to be to stay humble when I'm when I've reached the pinnacle of success or I've reached the pinnacle of my life or I've reached the pinnacle of my circumstances. But I also know how to depend on the strength of Christ to uh, to help me through the darkest moments of my life, that whether I'm high or whether I'm low, I can prevail in any and all circumstances through Christ who strengthens me. There will be times in our lives where God will push, will, 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 where we will go through hardships in tough times. There'll be times in your life where you feel like, you know, all hope is lost. There's nothing that's going to, that's gonna, you know, get me out of this situation. I'm never going to be the type of person that I, that I envision myself to be. I keep failing at this thing. I keep messing up. I keep making mistakes. I keep falling short. I keep doing what I'm not supposed to do. You know, I, I, I keep, you know, running into brick walls. I keep, you know, trying to make this thing work and trying to make this thing right and trying to be successful and trying to, you know, get the job that I want, trying to find a relationship and all these things. And I just feel like I keep bucking up against the wall. And what God tells us is that through me, through, through, the, through the strength that I can give you, you can endure those situations, recognizing that you may not get what you want in this life, but because you have Christ, you have everything that you need. And you know how to be content, maybe not, maybe not satisfied, but content with your life, 
content and at peace with the way that God has has um has you know has played has put your has put his put put his power and his might and his love and his joy and his peace in your soul so that even if you don't gain everything that you want and have to endure hardships for an extended period of time that you can endure them through Christ who strengthens you. But then you may be on the opposite spectrum where you have everything that you could ever imagine. You have all the money in the world. You have all of the um, resources at your fingertips. You are highly successful. You are well known. You are, you know, a, a celebrity in your circle or even in the world at large. Um, and you are amassing a huge following and people are listening to you and, and, and you got, you know, every, you got, you got the hot wife or the hot husband, you got the big house, you got the kids, you got the dog, you got everything that you could ever ask for. You know, God encourages and strengthens us to stay humble. You know, humility is a work for, for some of, some of us. Because sometimes we can have the mind of Nebuchadnezzar where we look out at everything that we that that God has given us and we can say to ourselves, oh, my goodness, you know. Look at everything that I've done, look at everything that I've accomplished, look at everything that I've been able to, um, you know, that I've been able to accomplish in this life. You know, look at oh, my God, I'm so oh, my goodness, I'm just so wow, like, look at all, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Like sometimes we can have that attitude, you know, and as a result of that, you know, God, it takes God to humble, to humble our hearts and to humble our minds and to keep us in a space where we're always thankful, always in a state of gratitude. As a matter of fact, um, in verse number four of that same chapter in Philippians, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Um, that peace thanksgiving, that is a work. <laughs> that is a work. And God has to give us the, the give us the, the heart to be thankful, the heart to stay humble. And so, you know, God encourages and strengthens us to stay humble and always know that nothing that we have that we have gotten on our own. It's all been empowered by the God of the universe and that that is the the God that resides and rules in our hearts. And so any time that we receive anything from the Lord, you know, our hearts are so full and we give we give him thanks for everything that, that he's given us. And so whether we have plenty or whether we are in need, whether we are, <clears throat> again, in abundance, or whether we are hungry, God can help us in all situations and circumstances to stay anchored in him. And that is what he strengthens us and encourages us to do. He encourages us to stay humble when we are high on the mountain. He, um, and he encourages us to hold on to him when we're going through things. And in both of those scenarios, he empowers us to do it. So when it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's again not saying that I have the power to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. He's saying that when I'm in, when I have everything that I need, I can prevail through not, um, I can prevail through not being arrogant through Christ who strengthens me to stay humble. And when I'm in need, 
I can prevail through my need, through my, you know, um, struggle, through my suffering, through Christ who strengthens me. And whether I have plenty or whether I'm in need, I have a Christ who, get, who, who encourages me, who strengthens me, who empowers me to be able to get what to get in, in order to stay where I need to stay and to do what I need to do and to be who I need to be and to be into uh, into abide. There it is. And to abide in him to, because only through him do I have the strength to conquer humility and to conquer deliverance. I need him to do that. Um, trip, don't go anywhere. I'm going to answer your question in just a bit. Um, don't, so don't go anywhere. Um, but that's that, that is what that verse is saying to us. Verse 13 in Philippians is not saying that I can, you know, I can do anything that I want to do through Christ who strengthens me. I'm now empowered to do all, to have all my dreams come true, but rather it's saying that whether I'm on the mountain or whether I'm in the valley, I can be in any state because of the Christ who strengthens me to, to conquer the mountain, conquer the mountaintop experience and to conquer the valley experience. How many times have we seen throughout the um throughout the scriptures where God has has you know put people in high places and we hear them saying, you know, God help me to stay humble. Help me to stay humble. I can't remember the psalm um off the top of my head. I'm going to um see if I can find it right now. Um give me one second. Let me see if I can remember the psalm. Um, 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 red. Like, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there's a psalm that says, you know, God... Give me what I need for the day. Let me see. I think that may be it. Hold on. Let me see. Give me what I need for the day. Um, give me what I need. Hey, all right. It's in, it's in Proverbs. It's in Proverbs. Okay. Give me one second. Give me Proverbs. Proverbs, Proverbs 37 through 9. Proverbs 7 through 9 says this. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. And so in that, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, Solomon is saying, God, don't put, don't make, don't make me so high where I forget who you are. But then don't make me so low to where I you know, denounce your name and make a mockery of you by stealing so that I can, so that I can be full. He's saying that in, in, in both scenarios, help me God to remember who you are. 
if I if you if you ascend me up, if you give me the things that I need, I'm gonna give me the things that I want. You make me rich. You make me lavish. God, don't make me so lavish where I forget you. I'm like, who is God? Again, like Nebuchadnezzar looking out into the world and saying, look at everything that I've accomplished. God, don't put me so high where I forget you. A lot of us couldn't handle making a million dollars because we had a million dollars. We wouldn't we wouldn't serve the Lord. But in that same way, a lot of us couldn't handle being poor. We couldn't handle it because we would forget about we'd forget about God and we would do shady, underhanded things in an attempt to, you know, make ends meet. And some of us have been in those situations and scenarios where we got we got some stuff that we wanted. We got the job. We got the house. We got the car. We got the, the title or whatever the case was. And we forgot about God. We forgot about him on the way. You know, we, we got the we got the, the, the we got the responsibility. We got the, the titles. We got everything that we wanted. And we forgot about God on the on the way to the mountain. Some of us went through, have gone through some of the hardest trials that in life that anyone could ever go through. And because we went through those trials, we now defame the name of the Lord because we're like, what kind of God, if he loved me so much, why would he allow me to go through such trials or go through such tribulations? And, and so what Paul is saying is to us in Philippians chapter four is if I am ascending to the mountaintop, I know how to handle that because I know how to stay humble through Christ who strengthens me. That is not me. It's God who's strengthening me to humble myself. Notice, notice how it, there's strength in humility. That is such a big thing. Strength in humility. Like I know how to be humble, but I know how to be humble through Christ. Because if it were up to me, I'd be arrogant as Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says... Um, Paul says, and starting at verse number two, look out for the dogs, look out to the, for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the powers of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the righteousness from the dead. So Paul, again, is saying right there that, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all, and I got, I got bad allergies right now. So all the snorting I'm doing, I really apologize for anybody that's listening. I'm so sorry. Um, but what Paul is saying there is that, you know, I have, I have reason to be arrogant. I have reason to boast. But I know how to stay humble. I, I, and I know how to stay humble through Christ. It ain't me. Because if it were me, here, my laundry list of things that I have and things that I've accomplished, things that, that man, I'm on a pedestal. 
But I know that if, if God decides to put me up there, how to stay humble and to say, this is, they say me, this is all God. They say me, this is all God. It, you know, how often have we sometimes been put on pedestals and we, and we, we say thank you and we, we, we're thankful for the people. And we may even say so much as to God be the glory, but our heart's posture is that really how we feel that God is being glorified in all of this? Or are we really saying that in, in, on the outside, but on the inside, we're like, yeah, I did that thing. That was all me. Yeah, I did such a great job today. We got to be ever so careful that we are using, you know, that we're using Christ that to, to stay humble, that we recognize that God, Christ, who made himself, made himself of no reputation and died on the cross, obedient to the cross, obedient to God. And in his humility, we can stay humble even if we are exalted in that thing. But in that same way, if we are made low, if we are brought low, God is the same God who strengthens, who encourages, who pushes us and delivers us from our situations and circumstances. And so we reach out to heaven and say, God, help me. God, save me. God, deliver me. God, bring me out from the darkness into the light. And so, again, you know, regardless of what state we find ourselves in, um, Paul is telling us, I can prevail through my circumstances through Christ who strengthens me. So again, Philippians 4.13 is not some blanket statement that we can use to say, I can do whatever I put, I put my mind to because Christ is going to strengthen me through it. Yes, we want God to be with us in everything that we do. We want God to be a part of everything that we do. But God does not guarantee that everything that we set our minds to is going to be successful. There may be times in your life where you are going to fail at whatever you are putting your hands to. But it's not an indication of a lack of faith. Sometimes God just takes us through that experience for whatever reason he has to take us through that experience in our lives. Everything may not turn out great. Everything may not turn out awesome, but it's not an indication of a lack of faith. You may have all the faith in the world, but you may still have things that you do that are unsuccessful. That's okay, though, because in that space, the contentment of God is yours to 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 revel in. It is the peace of God is yours to revel in in so much that if you are brought low, you can get through it through Christ who strengthens you. You can endure failure. You can endure failing. It doesn't make you a failure. It just means that you failed in this specific situation. But you can endure the hardship through Christ who strengthens you. If you are successful, you can endure success through Christ who strengthens you. You can revel in success through Christ who strengthens you. Because God gives us the strength to be humble. He gives us the strength to remember that it's God that gave me this. It's God that gave me this platform. It's God that gave me this dream. It's God that gave me this accomplishment. It's God that encouraged me. Yes, he empowers me to do everything that I do. And so I give all thanks and glory and honor to him. That is what Philippians 4.13 represents for us. It represents a state of contentment that reminds us that if we get to the mountain, I'm worshiping you. I'm thanking you. I'm honoring you. Because, God, you got me here. 
you brought me here. And so again, God, don't make me so rich that I forget who you are. If, 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 yeah, if it means I got to miss out on a boatload of money, God, don't put me up there. Because, I, because again, as Moses said, God, you can make us like the other nations, but if we don't have you, we're no better than the other nations that we're trying to conquer. And so you, we, it'd be best for us to stay here in the wilderness if we got you than to go into the promised land without you. Don't put us up there and we ain't got you. No, I'm not. Don't do that. Cause that, cause for what? And so again, you know, God, if you said, if you ascend me to the mountain, put me up there, but don't put me so far up there that I forget who that I forget who you are. Allow me to be to get just enough to where I do not say who is the Lord. As again, it says in Proverbs 30 and in that, in that same breath, God, you know, bring, if you got to bring me low, bring me low. But don't, please don't bring me so low to where I'm now doing things that are underhanded, you know, to try to survive from one day to the next. Help me to remember that I don't have to be anxious for anything because what I all because if I seek first the kingdom of God is righteousness, then I can then I can be assured that all things will be added to me in terms of my inner man and will allow me to get him to get through and navigate the day to day. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear. I don't have to worry about all these other things to the point where it's driving me insane. Rather, I can be so content in you that, you know, from one day to the next, I know that you got my you got me as best as I can be had. And so, again, we're saying all this to say. Um, <clears throat> Ashley Marie says this is exactly where I'm at. Just surviving. Yet he has continued opening doors to God be the glory to God be the glory. That's what 413 is talking about, that I, I'm, if I'm brought low to God, you got me because I know that I'm, I'm strengthened. I'm encouraged. I am empowered by through Christ who strengthens me. And so to God be the glory that, you know, that you go that you you're, you're enduring your hardship, but you're watching God work. You're watching God at work. God is doing a wonderful work in you by showing to you and showing to people. And you've encouraged even me that, you know, even through the darkest the nights of our soul, God is still with us. He tells us in Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley. So it ain't like we walking around it. We walking over it, walking under it. No, we walking through the valley. I don't I don't have to fear evil because God is with me. God is with me. And yeah, and she says, um, it, it looks and feels like I'm sinking, but steadily treading along. Absolutely. And sometimes God takes us through those moments. He takes us through those experiences where it feels like all hope is lost. It, it really does. And sometimes we're just barely making it from one day to the next. But that is when, that is why God tells us in his word, you know, that I haven't left you. I haven't abandoned you. And it can feel like that sometimes, man. We feel like we are alone in this thing. Like God has just completely forgotten about us. He doesn't he forgot where we are. He doesn't forgot what's going on with us. And that's why he gives us this word to remind us that there are so many people through the scriptures whose lives mirror ours. When, we, when we've gone through struggle or going through hardships or going through hard times, it, it, it's that, that, that is what God, you know, he shows us and reminds us that you're not alone. People have gone through this. And just as Ashley Marie says, his strength works best in our weakness. One hundred percent. 
It doesn't mean that we go out trying to make ourselves weak, but that it is in these weak moments of our lives that God's strength is made perfect because it's in these moments that he shows us, I got you. If you abide in me, I abide in you. I strengthen you. I embolden you. I encourage you. I'm pushing you to be all that all that I've made you to be. I'm molding and shaping you into the image of me from one degree of glory to the next. And no, none, none of us love to struggle. None of us love to go through. None of us want to endure. None of us want to, you know, suffer. None, none of us want that. Let's call it spade a spade. But as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, um, he says um, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And so we press, we are pressing every single day. And in our sufferings, we are sharing in the sufferings of Christ. We are enduring in the endurance of Christ. Because just as Christ suffered for us, this light momentary affliction, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this light momentary affliction is worth the eternal weight of glory in Christ Jesus. When we, listen, when God, when God becomes our uppermost, when God becomes the greatest treasure that we could ever possess, the greatest thing that we could ever have, the best thing that's ever happened to us, we can endure hardships because whether I have plenty or whether I have, uh, uh, whether I have little, I've got Christ. And because I have him, I can endure any scenario or situation or circumstance that I'm going through because I got him. I got Jesus. And because I have him, I can get through anything that I'm going through, even if it's driving me up a wall. Let's be clear. Some of us have gone through some of the dark, some of the darkest situations that life can throw at any of us. And for some of us, that's enough pressure to crack. Um, Jesus says it in uh, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, he says this, um, and I'm going to skip to the, um, I'm going to skip to the explanation of the, of the parable. Um, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. 
As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. And, and, and what he says to us is that, you know, for some of us, it is difficult to endure hardships and be in the and be in the word because the word hasn't rooted deep enough because the ground isn't tilled enough for the word to actually bear burrow itself in and grow in such a way to where when we endure hardships, those hardships will will um will not cause our faith to go away. But for some of us, we're not rooted deep enough in God. We don't have enough of, of, of a relationship with him. We're not in communion with him strong and strong enough to where when we go through the hardships and go through the hard times, we can endure them. We can get through them being rooted and anchored in Jesus, the good ground, Jesus, the good soil, good, the Jesus, the, the good, the good earth. And that's the earth that he has to till. He has to take out that heart of stone that no that no gospel truth can grow in and replace it with a heart of flesh, according to Ezekiel 36, so that 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 gospel can grow in our hearts and get rooted and planted in such a way to where we are able to endure suffering, endure trial, endure tribulation and endure temptation, endure um, success, endure, um, you know, good times, because either one of them can turn us away from the Lord. Either one of them can turn us away from Christ. But again, you know, those hardships are not, are not meant to, um, to hurt us, uh, not to, to hurt our souls, at least. As um, Ashley says, the, cru- the crushing is crucial, crucially painful and crucially vital. Girl, that's a word in and of itself. That we got to go through. We got to go through trial. We got to go through tribulation. We got to go through suffering. Especially if we're suffering for righteousness sake. Peter Peter said it himself. If you're going to suffer. Suffer for righteousness sake. Don't suffer for being a beggar. I mean not beggar. I'm sorry. Don't suffer for being a robber. Don't suffer for being a a peddler. Don't suffer for doing evil things. If you're going to suffer. Suffer for righteousness sake. Because at least in suffering for righteousness sake. You're suffering for for the sake of Christ. And so if we're going to go through. If we're going to endure, let us endure for Christ's sake. For what he says, for what he says in his word is that, you know, that as we suffer, as we endure, our inner man is growing. Our inner man is being encouraged. Our inner man is being empowered. Our inner man is being emboldened to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will believe, to be the living examples of the word, to be the ministers and the messengers of reconciliation. Again, this light momentary affliction that we go through in this life is nothing compared to the surpassing worth of the weight in eternal glory, the weight of eternal glory that Christ has promised us, according to Second Corinthians chapter four. And so we are so ever grateful and so ever thankful to God that he empowers us that he strengthens us, that he encourages us, that he gives us the ability to be able to have this word buried in our hearts so that we might not sin against God. And we're so grateful and thankful that he gives us this ability to be able to have this because what God is telling us is that, you know, God, God is saying to us, I got you. I got you. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we, I got you. 
you don't don't let go of my hand. Don't let go of my hand. I got you. Again, it may not feel like it, but that is the trick of the flesh. The trick of the flesh is to make us feel like not like, like he's not there. When we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday during um during the um the, the, the show that you know we sometimes we want so badly for things to make us resonate. Ooh, that really resonated with me. That really stirred up my soul. But there are some times where as um as it says in Psalms, death is my only friend right now. Like sometimes that is the feeling. That is the feeling. But it doesn't mean that it's real. It's a feeling. I'm going through so much right now that it feels like death is my only friend. That is a feeling. And it is a real emotion that sometimes we feel. But God is telling us there are going to be some days where the dark night of the soul is coming. But you got to know that I'm here. You got to believe that I'm here. I haven't gone anywhere. Your feelings of, in, of the flesh are going to get you in trouble, going to get us in trouble if we're relying on our feelings to know that God is there. God is here whether we feel him or not, whether we feel like he's around or whether we feel like he is so he is so far abandoned, from, he's so far from us as east is from the west. God is saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always to the end of the age. There are days in our lives where we got to know that. We just got to know it. We might not feel it. Be honest about where, what we feel, but we got to know God is here. God is present. God is active. He is a force in my life, even if I don't see the evidence. He says that, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We don't operate in the physical. We don't operate on eyesight. We operate on faith. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we regard no one according to the flesh because now we, and we neither regard Christ in the flesh no longer. We are now all spiritual. There are some people who have this, um, who say this, um, statement that, you know, if, uh, if you, if you're so spiritually minded, you can't, don't be too so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. We can't afford to not be spiritually minded all the time because the second we become earthly good is a second that the enemy can come in and, and, and move us in a different direction, you know? So we got to be ever so mindful that we got to stay in the spirit. We got to see in the spirit. We got to think in the spirit. We got to live in the spirit. We got to feel in the spirit because if we're not careful and we, we do, we try to, you know, bring ourselves lower than where we should be. Then we find ourselves in a position where we may we may cost ourselves, you know, some of the faith that we have in God by trying to not be so spiritual. No, we can't afford not to be. Christ said, if you have been raised with Christ, Colossians chapter three, set your mind on things above. Seek those things that are above where Christ is. We got to get out. We got to get our minds off the earth. We got to get our minds off the earth. Matter of fact, I'm going to read it. Colossians chapter um, three, starting at verse one. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. 
for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we got to get our, we can't, we can't afford. We can't afford to have our minds up there. I mean, to have our minds here on earth. We can't afford to have our minds down here. Our minds have to be stayed on Jesus. Got to be locked in with Jesus, seeking the things that are above in him. Now, we want to operate in the world because we are in the world and not of the world. But we don't set, we don't give, we don't give, we try our hardest by the power of the Holy Ghost to not give Satan any room to operate in our lives. That that is the that is the 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 the, the, the daily struggle that we have as, as human beings is how do we ensure that we don't give the enemy room to operate in our lives. And so we got to be ever so careful that we are patterning ourselves in such a way to where we're not giving the enemy any room to operate. And again, it's much easier said than done because what ends up happening is God will then say, okay, so let me look around and see what's not like me. And let me start pulling some things away. May, uh, Cause I'm trying to get you in alignment. I'm trying to pull you into alignment with me. I'm here. I, here I am. I'm pulling you into alignment with me. And so, as God is pulling us into alignment, there are some things that we don't have to give up. But we give those things up because we count it all as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And so we're saying, you know, we can't give the enemy any room to operate in our lives. So we set our minds on things above. We set our minds on things that are eternal. We set our minds on things that are true. And as it says in Philippians chapter 4, um... Going the wrong way. Here we go. As it says in Philippians chapter 4, he says, Whatsoever, whatever things are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Those are the things that are set above. Those are the things that are above, not the things that are of the earth, the things that are up there, not down here. We set our minds on Jesus, not on the things of the earth. Again, we operate in this world, but we operate in this world in such a way to where we're seeking. How can I make my life pattern in such a way to where when I'm, when I'm walking out into the world, people see our good works. They see the, the Christ in me and they glorify God. They give glory to God. So what can I do today to bring God glory? What can I do to bring God honor? What can I do to bring God praise? What can I do to show the world that God is real? You know, many of us, we want these big, gigantic platforms, and we want people to, to, to know that God is real. Give me one second. The dog is scared. Hey, boom. Um, but we want so badly. Now, this is my seat. I'm gonna come down there. Thank you. But we want so badly, we want so badly for, um, for, you know, God to, you know, to be on these big platforms and to have such high accolades and to, and to, to influence 5,000 people and things like that, of that nature. But God is saying, no, don't look at the, the size of the platform. Think about the size of your God and in the size of your God, influence and impact the place that I put you in. Like you don't have to have a ministry to be a minister. You don't have to have a church to be a pastor. You know, you can go in, in, into the place that you work. 
That is your ground. That is the place where I've, where I've sent you to minister to the people of God. No, no, to minister to people, to be the light that shines in the darkness. You might work at the bank, work at the bank to the glory of God. You know, you might work at, you know, at, in a construction site, build those buildings for the glory of God. You know, you might work as a therapist, you know, do therapy for the glory of God. You know, you might work as a teacher, teach those kids for the glory of God. You know, you might be a dog groomer, be a dog groomer for the glory of God. Like there is a way to minister to the people of God in such a way to where you can influence and impact where you are. You don't have to be, you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be, let me put the mic back on. You don't have to be a pastor in order, you don't have to be a pastor in order to be, um, um, in order to be influential in the world that you live in. You can be influential in the world that you live in right now, in the space that you're in right now. You can minister to your family, minister to your daughters, minister to your sons, minister to your wives, minister to your husbands. Sometimes that's your place. That's your sphere of influence. You know, you can minister to the people, you know, that you that you work with. You can minister to your to to the people that you, you know, go, go out to the, go out to the movies with. Like you don't have to be a pastor to be a minister and be an influence, be an impact to people in their lives. You know, you can be who God has called you to be in, in influence and impact the pace, the place that you are. Again, you don't have to have a big title or you don't have to have a big influence and you don't have to have a big sphere in order to be the, the, the person that God has called you to be. God called you where you are and in calling you where you are, you give the word and you give the gospel where you're at in both word and deed and let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify God. It might be that there's only one person that you're meant to, you know, that whose life you're meant to impact and influence. You do what God has called you to do and influence and impact that one person. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. And so, again, we're saying all that to say, because we don't jump around, but, oh, my goodness, this is so good. We're saying all that to say. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That verse is not a statement that is saying that I can go and just do anything that I want to do if I put my mind to it because Christ is going to, is going to strengthen me to do it. But what it is saying is that whether I am on the mountain or whether I'm in the valley, I know, I know how to have joy. I know how to have peace. I know how to be content because in my contentment, I am encouraged by Christ to be and prevail in any situation that I find myself in. So I'm not looking to try to, you know, make all of my wildest imaginations and dreams come true. But instead, what I am doing is I'm being, I am encouraged to be strengthened, to be in whatever situation or circumstance I find myself in, that I can be and do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be in any situation or scenario that God is calling me to be in through the power of Christ who strengthens me. And so in whatsoever state I find myself in, I am content. In whatever state or situation or scenario I find myself in, I know how to be content. Baby, you're going to have to get out my chair, baby. You're going to have to get out my chair. Okay? You're going to have to get out my chair. You're going to have to get out my chair. 
You wanna you can get you can get up under me, but you're gonna have to get out my chair. <laughs> you're doing too much. I love you. And so again, we know how to be content. We know how to be content in whatsoever is calling us to do. That is what Christ is calling. That's what Christ is calling us to be. And so again, we ask God to strengthen us, to encourage us, and to keep us in a state of contentment. So that in whatsoever state we find ourselves in, we are able to get through it. We are able to we are able to be on the mountain and stay humble. We are able, yeah, um, yeah, um, the the there's a lightning storm going on. It's kind of messing with the internet here. Um, but you know, I know how to be on the mountain and be content and be humble. Rather, I know how to be on the mountain and be humble. And I know how to be in the valley and be encouraged and strengthened. And so, again, in whatsoever state we find ourselves in, we know how to be content because we serve Christ. And it's Christ who strengthens. It's Christ who encourages. It's Christ who empowers us to get through whatever situation we find ourselves in. And so, again, biblical literacy will help us to know the difference between what we hear people saying these verses mean and what these verses are actually trying to tell us when we plug it back into its context and look at what the word I can do represent actually represents in the Greek. We see it means I can prevail through any circumstance that I find myself in and I can do it because of the Christ who strengthens me both to be humble and to be delivered. You are watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live uh, with your boy, Eddie D. I'm on live Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. I'm so grateful to everyone who has been in the chat box all day with me today. Uh, thankful for the 3,000 likes that we have gotten so far. I'm really, really pr- grateful for all of that. I'm going to go through these comments really quickly to see. Um, I had a couple of questions um, that people had uh, that someone had put on here. Um, so I'm looking right now to see what those questions were. Um, let me see. Give me one second. Again, we are um, um, well, we are the True Gospel Morning Show with Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're live Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Trip asked earlier in the live, how can I learn from the Lord? Can I find the Lord in my daily life? Um, the simple solution is to talk to them. It's to talk to them. Um, uh, you know, listen, we got these 66 books that we call our Bible. Um, a lot of times what we want, we want so badly for, you know, God to deliver us like great revelation. Like we want him to give us like these great words and, um, and you are very, very welcome remain. I appreciate you. Um, Like we want so badly for God to like give us these great special revelations of who he is, but he's given us the greatest revelation of who he is through these 66 books. And so the the first thing I would say in in learning how to study and to be more like him is simply to study the word. It's, It's literally to study the word. God's voice is in this word for us who believe. So let me I'm gonna back up all the way. For the believer, because unbelievers are not going to really feel this way as far as as far as I've been told. This is the word of God. 
the God-breathed word of God. Now, we know that it was written by men. So we, we know, yes, but how can it be the word of God if it was written by men? We know, we, we know it was written by men. But the Holy Spirit orchestrated, God orchestrated the writing of these books and wove it in such a way to where it couldn't have been anything but the hand of God that orchestrated all these books to line up the way that they do to tell one story of the gospel. And so this is the word of God. This is the voice of God. Um, the John chapter 1. And I'm going to let it speak for itself. I ain't going to paraphrase nothing. John chapter 1 says it like this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not come with it. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us as we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And then when you go to Colossians chapter, um, I believe it's in chapter one. Verse number 15. Christ he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created for, through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And so Christ being the word means that he is the living manifestation of this text. He is the living manifestation of these words. That's point number one. Number two, he is the image of the invisible God. So everything, everything that we see, everything that we see in, um, everything that we see, um, in Christ, we see in God, everything we see in Christ, we see in God. And so if we see God, if we see Christ, we see God. And if God, and if Christ is the word, that means God is the word. So that tells us that if we study this word, we can know God. And so how to study, open the book, open the book and listen for, to the voice of God through the words that were written, because this is the voice of God. And as you learn how to, and as you read the Bible more, you'll be able to discern his voice more and be able to walk with him daily more because you'll begin to understand and discern who he is and what he's up to and what he wants for your life and where he's trying to take you, where he's trying to send you, what he wants for you, what he wants you to do, where he wants you to go. You'll be able to discern his voice more by studying his word more. Now, I will say this word can be tricky sometimes. And so one of the other things that I like to do one of the other things that I like to do um, one of the other things that I like to do is I, I like to um, you know use um, Bible Hub um, as a means of trying to you know understand different parts of the Bible that I may have understood before. 
Um, they have great commentaries there. They have the Strong's um, le um, lexicon. They have the Thayer's lexicon. Um, and those are both in the, the Hebrew and the Greek to learn what those words um, mean. Um, there's also blueletterbible.org. Um, and they do a fantastic job of just providing so many different helps. They have so many commentaries. They have so many different things there um, that allow you to be able to see and know, um, you know, more about what the Bible is trying to say. Scholars who have, you know, spent years upon years studying this thing and knowing, with, and knowing, you know, the Bible and knowing, you know, scripture and that sort of thing. And so those things are great helps, too, because sometimes we just don't know. Um, and so. And so use those as well to 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 know the Lord more. Also, man, go to the library and there's so many different books on Christian living. Um, I recommend anybody who's anybody um, to read this book here. It's called The Explicit Gospel. Um, it's written by Matt Chandler and, um, and Jared Wilson. When I tell you this is the best book I've ever read that explains the gospel of Jesus Christ, you cannot go wrong reading this book. If you read this book, I promise you it's going to change your life forever because this, um, this was the first book I ever read that actually explained what the gospel is. And this was my first introduction to the gospel despite having been in, um, in church my whole life. Um, you know, I, I was ordained to preach in 2004 um, no, I was I was licensed to preach in 04, ordained in, in 2007, but I didn't know the gospel until 2014 because and it was through that book. And so, again, you know, um, you know, if, if you if you're looking to find, you know, trying to find a way to way to help, man, so many different books that are out there written by great men. I'm talking um, just off my bookshelf alone. You got um, uh, let me see. Um, Matt Chandler, you got Timothy Keller, rest in peace, Jefferson Bethke, um, who else? Um, um, Kyle Eidelman's a good one, Jared Wilson's a good guy, really good guy, um, Mark Deaver's a really good dude, David Platt, um, Francis Chan, um, is a good one, um, J.D. Greer is a good one, Oz Guinness is really good, I mean, he is so freaking heady, I love that dude, um, and uh, who else is up there um, that I can see off the top of my head? Um, I can't see anybody else from over here. Eric Mason, um, E. Mace, yeah, he's a really good dude. Like, so there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people who have written a lot of great gospel-centered, and that's the key, gospel-centered stuff. Um that will help you to enrich your life in Christ and enrich your Bible intake, enrich your prayer life, enrich your um, um, and enrich your ability to be able to do what God is calling you to do um, in, in enjoying the relationship that you have with him. Um, and so, yeah, th that is the, the short and long end of it, man, how to, um, you know, have a better relationship with him, how to have a stronger relationship with him, um, how to learn more about him, you know, seek him. He said, oh my gosh, Jesus himself said, ask and you shall find, or uh, yeah, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open to you. Anyone who seeks after Christ, if you ask of him, he is, he is more than willing to give you his spirit. 
He's more than willing to pour his spirit into you. Again, that verse is not a blanket statement saying, asking you shall receive anything that you want. And so if you ask for a million dollars, I'll give you a million dollars. No, he's saying, if you ask of me, I will give you more of me. If you delight yourself in the Lord, I will give you the desires of your heart. If you ask of me and delight yourself in me, I will give you more of me. When God becomes the greatest treasure you could ever possess, he is faithful and just to give you more of him every single day. Every time you ask, he's like, I got a, I got a fresh dispensary. He says, I am the living water. If you drink of this well, you would never go thirsty again. That living water is a spring that you can come to. It's fresh every day. It's, it's fresh every morning. It's, it's renewed every morning. You can go to him and drink of him. Every single day, he is the bread of life. If you eat of him, you will never go hungry again. He's not saying you eat of him one time. He's saying, I'm a fresh supply. I'm an endless supply. Just like I kept multiplying the fish and loaves of bread um, and fed the 5,000. That's my word. I, I am willing to multiply this thing. You want more of me? Here, come get some more of me. You want some more of me? Here, come get some more of me. I got 12 baskets of leftovers of me right now. If you want some more of me, come get some of me. That's the God that we serve who says, I am an endless supply. I am an endless supply of everything that you need. Um, and so, again, to God be the glory that he gives us this ability to be able to love him and to be able to worship him, to be able to follow him. And so if you want to learn more about him, simply ask. He is faithful and just to answer you. You may not like the answers that he give you all the time. But he's going to give you the answers that you need in order to move forward in your life. And so don't be intimidated. God is not a God who wants us, um, who, um, who is, who we, he wants us to be afraid of. No, he wants us to come to him as little children. Come to him. Ask him. Seek him. Love him. Find him. He's, 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 ready, he's right there. And he wants you. And again, he's given us his word. He's given us He's given us scriptures. He's given us books. He's given us um, uh, podcasts. He's given us the True Gospel Morning Show and shows like it where people are giving the word of God to anyone who's willing to listen, to anyone who's willing to hear, to anyone who's willing to say, hey, you know, do you want to walk? Do you want to walk with me? Do you want to learn more about me? Do you want to care more about me? And so, again, to God be the glory that's how we learn. We seek them. We seek them. Uh, if you can get into a gospel centered church where you can get plugged in and, and, and have a good relationship with the a good, have a good, have a good relationship with the Lord and with pastors and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know, get get connected to, to some good to good, good believers of Christ who can strengthen, who can encourage, who can uh, who y'all can learn together debate with one another but debate in a way that is um that is um godly um and yeah that is how we learn and that's how we learn to walk with him daily we we seek him we seek him you're watching the true gospel morning show right here on tiktok live uh with eddie b uh we are here with you from 6 a.m to 8 a.m monday through friday and we're grateful to god that he gives us this opportunity to be able to worship him in this way uh, we're grateful that we're able to um, talk with you guys and be able to have this platform, be able to share truth and knowledge with you all. Right now, sifting through these um, comments to see, looks like um, 
no one has any other um, questions or concerns through the comment box. Um, so feel free, if you do have any questions or comments, to fill out that comment box below, um, and I'll get to them um, as often as I can throughout the live. Um, and if I can't get to them today, I will write them down in my book, my nifty little notebook that I have right here. Um, I keep it all close all the time. This is my nifty little notebook. If the contrast will come down, but we ain't going to worry about it. It's bright and white in that light. Um, but this is my nifty little notebook. And so if you guys have any questions, concerns, um, and I can't get to them on the live, then I'll get to them through um, my notebook. And maybe if you, um, I'll answer the question during the next um, edition of um, of the True Gospel Morning Show. And so, um, um, someone had asked, someone had said, um, God, God is not a jealous God. Um, and it was interesting. It was interesting why they said it. And, I, and, and, and so I thought about it and realized, you know, well, no, we already knew they weren't, they weren't true. It wasn't true. God is a jealous God. Um, but the reason that God is a jealous God, see, we in American culture see jealousy as a bad thing. We see jealousy as a bad emotion. Um, cause jealousy has often led to people being very possessive. And so if I'm jealous of another person who has your attention, I'm now telling you, stop hanging out with that person. or I don't want you to be around that person because I don't want, I don't, I want all of your time. I want all of your energy. I want all of your, um, all of your attention. And yeah, that kind of jealousy, you know, that, 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 what jealousy, what jealousy produces can be bad, but jealousy in and of itself is not bad. It's an emotion. It's an emotion. And jealousy describes a part of the character and nature of God. When he says that he's a jealous God, what is he saying? So my wife and I have been married uh, 15 years um, this December, been together for 15 years. And if something or someone has my wife's attention, when I want her attention, or if something or someone has my attention, when my wife wants my attention, jealousy will produce. Because what's happening? I want my spouse's attention, and right now her attention is elsewhere. And so I'm now jealous of the thing that has my wife's attention. My wife is jealous of the thing that has my attention. That is not a bad thing to want the attention and the affection of the person that I'm closely connected to. That is not a bad thing. Now, what makes jealousy bad is if when something or someone has my attention or has my affection, 
I then will feel like I need to do something to get my wife's attention in a negative way. And sometimes what I'll end up, what, what I could do is to say things like, I don't want you hanging out with such and such, or I don't want you doing, you know, such and such. I don't want you hanging out with such and such. And that is more an indication of me not having enough sense to know that my wife's heart is not turned away from me. My wife can, she can, she, her attention can be elsewhere, but where is her heart? We are, where is her heart, right? Where is her heart? God is a jealous God in so much that he knows our heart's posture. And he says in his word, you shall have no other gods before me. For I am a jealous God. And what is he saying? I know if I am not the uppermost of your affections. I know if something else or someone else has your ultimate worship, your ultimate devotion, your ultimate affections, that if this thing or this person tells you to jump, you're going to say how high long before you jump because I told you to jump. And because of that, because I created you, you, I created you. I, I, God created you. So why are you worshiping, worshiping anything else other than me? Why is your ultimate affections somewhere else other than me? Why is your heart's posture such to where you are turned away from me? We got to remember as believers, when we when I got to remember to turn it off, when we remember, we got to remember that when we give ourselves to God, we are repenting and believing. Repentance says, I am denouncing everything that I used to love, that I used to enjoy, and I am turning my life in the opposite direction where all of my affection, all of my attention is, is toward Christ. It's toward God. Like, that is what my, my affections and my attention is going toward. Everything is going toward him. I want him. I desire him. My affections, my allegiance, my attention, it's, it's toward God in, 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 the, uh, in the uppermost. That's what we're saying when we turn our lives to God. So then God says to us, I want your love. I want your grace. I, I, I want, no, not your grace. I want your love. You know, I don't need it. I'm not some God that's like, oh, please love me. Love me. Please love me. That's not God. Let's go. Let's call Spade Spade. He ain't, he ain't out here begging. He ain't got to beg nobody. He God. He ain't got to beg nobody for nothing. But he's saying, I want your love. I want your affections. And I don't want you to turn to anything else but by virtue of the fact that I created you. And so is he a jealous God? Yes, absolutely. But he has every right to be jealous because he created us. 
but his jealousy is not such to where he is now, you know, um, you know, where unlike us, where we get jealous if someone has just got, you know, just doing something that he doesn't, um, that he doesn't, um, that, you know, that is spending more time this here or whatever, you know, he is saying to us, you know, because of the virtue of the fact that I created you, don't worship anything else. And he gives us free will. So he's not going to, he's not going to force our hand to make us worship him. There are some things that may happen in our lives that will cause us to have a conversation with him where we're like, okay, maybe I do need to have a relationship with you after all. But he's not going to force our hand. He's not going to force us into a relationship with him. Rather, he's going to give us a choice. Do you want to worship me or not? If you do, worship me only. Have no other gods before me. Don't worship anybody else. But I created you. And I, and I create because I created you, I'm a jealous God. I don't want any, I don't want you, I don't want you to worship anything else. And I don't want you to worship anything else because nothing else can satisfy you the way that I can. Nothing else can fill you the way that I can. Nothing else can give you peace the way that I can. Nothing else can give you joy the way that I can. Nothing else can satisfy the longings of your soul the way that I can. Nothing else can fill you the way that I can. When God created us, he designed us with a eternity-sized hole in our souls. A, a eternity-sized hole. And we spend all of our lives trying to fill this hole. We, we, we can spend our whole lives trying to fill this hole. We try to fill it with money. We try to fill it with sex. We try to fill it with drugs. We try to fill it with success. We try to fill it with, you know, climbing ladders. We try to fill it with relationships. We try to fill it with marriages. We try to fill it with children. We try to fill it with houses. We try to fill it with cars. We try to fill it with land. We try to fill it with influence. We try to fill it with wealth. We try to fill it with prosperity. We try to fill this big, I almost want to cuss, big hole in our souls with all of these things and still come up short. Still come up short. Still come up short. We even try to fill it with new age, spiritual, you know, spirituality, you know, where we're trying to ascend the chakras and trying to ascend, you know, enlightenment and all this type of stuff and try to, you know, become these new age gurus and things like that. And it, at the end of the day, it always ends up coming up short, always ends up falling short. And it's because we have an eternity sized whole in our souls and God tells us nothing in this world will ever satisfy the longings of the soul like I can and only I can do it because I created it I created the big gaping hole in your soul 
so that at some point when you've tried everything else, knowing that I'm here, you tried everything else. And again, can, can we can we please be clear on that? Knowing that I'm here, because this is what some people will do. They say God don't exist. But have super but- super super debates using scripture. So to say he doesn't exist, but then study the very word that he wrote is kind of a contradiction in so much that in order for him to not exist, it would mean that these words would not be read, right? And so you know he exists. You don't want to believe it. So you say to yourself he doesn't. And that's fine. But hear me again, hear me. Knowing that he exists, you still feel everything that you that in this in this hole. You still putting everything in this hole. Still putting everything in this hole. Actually, Marie said if he was if he was um if he wasn't real, they wouldn't feel such a hatred toward him. Facts. And so we stay filling this hole in our souls with everything that we possibly can to try to satisfy the longings of the soul and still come up short. Still come up short. Said this yesterday during, the, um, during yesterday's um, episode. Are you tired yet? Because God has promised us rest for our souls. That he is the key to the emptiness in our souls. We're constantly striving and searching and seeking and trying to build. He's promised us Soul rest, soul contentment, soul peace. It's promised us that. If we'll get him, come get him. But what we do is we try to fill this gaping hole in our souls with everything but him. Everything but him. And at the end of the day, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in a place where when we are, um, uh, we, we find ourselves in a place where we will end up mistaking the love of God as a forced relationship when it's not so. It's not so. BR Hines 97 says, I lost my son in infancy. Where is your God? Um, don't go anywhere. Um, don't go anywhere. Let me unpack that, if you don't mind. I ask this question before I say what I have to say. You know, will you hear my answer? Will you allow me to speak? Because I don't want to argue with you, B.R. Hines. I don't want to argue with you. But I will address. I will answer your question if you will allow me to answer the question. But uh, but are you in a position to hear the answer? Because if you're not, then I don't want to. Okay, cool. All right. So here's my answer to that. God is everywhere, all knowing, all powerful, ever present. Right now. I want to first say I'm sorry. 
that that happened. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I'm so sorry that you lost your son in infancy. I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so, so sorry about that. Like, I can't even imagine what that feels like. And so I'm really, my heart goes out to you and I'm really, I'm hurting for you right now um, in that. And so again, I'm just so sorry. Um, and so um, God in his infinite wisdom allowed your son, allowed your child to be born and your child to die at a very young age. That is a consequence of the sin of the universe. Your son didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. Your, 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 you know, your spouse didn't do anything wrong. If you have one, sin is what's wrought in this world. And as a result, bad things happen. Bad things happen. And it's so unfortunate, so flippant unfortunate that that bad thing happened to you. God has not abandoned you. God has not, you know, God has not left you. He says, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear because God is with us. So as trivial as this might sound, God was there when your, son, when your child was born. God was there when your child died. God is there with you now. And God will continue to be with you if you want him. If, if you want him. I mean, he's going to be there regardless but he is there ready and waiting for you, you know, to receive him. He can give you peace and comfort in your soul during the dark night of your soul. Like, nah, I, 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 listen, it sucks. I'm, I'm not going to take that away. That freaking sucks. And I'm so sorry that that happened to you. But what happened to you is, it, is a consequence of sin. Again, you didn't. It's not your sin. It's not your 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 wife's sin. It's just the consequence of the world that we live in. We live in a sinful world. Anything like that? Um, I've never experienced anything to that um, to that degree. Um, but I have had you know um, you know family members who have lost children you know through uh, miscarriages um, and things of that nature. And so. Um, um, B.R. Hines asked, did Christ not die for our sins? Absolutely he did. But we are still in a sinful world. We are still in a sinful world. We haven't arrived yet. We're not there yet. So sin still exists. He died so that we can live. He died so that we can, so that we don't have to die the spiritual death that comes with living in sin until we, until we are gone. And so he didn't eradicate sin yet. He eradicated the penalty of sin, the penalty of death for our sins. But sin is still very vibrant and active and alive in this world. So it's not until he comes back, us descends back to, um, to earth again and wipes this world of sin, cleanses this world of sin once and for all, that then sin is gone. He is still giving um, his soul, the souls a chance to be with him to be with him for both now and forever. And so sin still exists. He's still giving people a chance. He's still giving people a choice. He wishes that all come to repentance. And so until that time comes, when he says time's up, 
now it's time to eradicate everything. We still live in a sinful world. So yes, he died for our sins, 100%. But he died so that the penalty of sin and the penalty of death would be eradicated. The penalty of sin and the penalty of death. Um, for those who believe, if we believe in him, if we repent toward him, the penalty of sin and death is gone. But that doesn't mean we don't still live in a sinful world. And that it's indicative of just if you look out into the world every single day, bad things are happening all the time. That, again, does not trivialize what you're going through. So I'm not here saying, well, bad things happening everywhere, you know. Um, so, I'm, so I'm not saying that to say that. But what I am saying is that we live in a broken world where broken people do broken things all the time. And, and as such, we still live in that world. We still live in that state. We still live in that space. And so we as the believers of God, we have to remember that though we are in it, we are not of it. This Again, this is not to trivialize what you're going through. You are going through some suffering, my brother. And I am so sorry. Your family is going through some suffering right now. I am so sorry, my brother. And so this is not in this is not a trivialization of the suffering that you're going through. I am so flipping sorry that you're going through that. And my heart goes out to you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. I'm praying that God will give you the strength and the courage and the encouragement that you need to move forward. Um, you know, in this to grieve well, to grieve appropriately to grieve in such a way that, you know, God is able to enter into that space and give you the comfort and the peace that you need to be able to move forward in your life. But, but um, again, your, your infant's, um, you know, um, sudden death was not, it was not anybody's fault. It was just a consequence of sin, a consequence of living in a sinful world where broken, where broken things happen all the time. Again, this is not me trivializing what you're going through. You, I, 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 I empathize with what you're going through. There are a lot of people in the city that I live in right now who are asking a similar question to yours. If God is so good, if God loves us so much, why would he allow this nasty storm to have blown through last week and have wreaked such havoc and killed people and, um, you know, d destroyed homes and made some people homeless, people without power, without food. Why would such a loving God do something like that? Right. And the same answer applies. It's a consequence of the sinful world we live in. You know, it, it's, it's not it's not God, but in his infinite wisdom, by giving us the ability and the, and, and the, the free will to choose him. We got to go through suffering. We got to go through the hardships. We got to go through the hard times because we still live in a sinful world where broken things happen all the time. And so, again, this is not to trivialize what you're going through. I am so freaking sorry that that happened. But the, but the reason that that happened is because we live in a broken world. The world's not fixed yet. God hadn't come back yet um, to 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 bring us to usher us into the new heavens and the new earth, according to Revelation 21. And so um, where was God? The same place he's always been right next to you. That's where that's where he was. That's where he is now. That's where he will continue to be. 
It's up to us to receive him. It's up to us to love him. It's up to us to receive his to receive his heart of um, flesh, to fill out to him for him to remove the heart of stone and to receive the heart of flesh and to love him and to honor him as God would have us to love him and honor him. And I'm sorry that my, I'm, I'm spotty right now because, man, my Internet at this point in time is trying to act out. So, God, if it is in your infinite mercy and will, please, um, because, again, um, you know, God is a good God and he is still worthy to be praised. He still sits on the throne. He hasn't gone anywhere, you know, and we just have to be willing and able to remember that and rely on him um, to strengthen and encourage us through the dark night of our soul. Um, so yeah, man, no, that's, 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 that's where God was, man. That's where God is. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Not that serious. I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, no, we praying for you, man. I, like I said, I don't, I don't wish that on my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish, wish that on my worst enemy to, to have a child and, um, that child be taken so, so soon, man. I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Um, and I, so we are praying right now in the name of Jesus that you, um, that you receive a reprieve and a release. Matter of fact, I just, I feel, I feel compelled to pray right now. So everyone, you know, if you're with me, um, you know, just, uh, just touch and agree, um, you know, right now in the spirit, heavenly father, we come before you saying thank you, uh, for another blessed day in your presence, God, we're asking God that you look upon the family of BR Hines 97, Lord God, their family's hurting, Lord God. Uh, losing a child is nothing that any of us expect to do. We all expect that our children will put us in the ground when we're 90 and not us putting them in the ground, God. Um, and so our heart, our hearts go out to BR Hines 97 on today. And we're asking and praying that you just strengthen and encourage them. Um, and strengthen and encourage his family. Um, let them know, God, that you haven't abandoned him. We live in a broken world. Sin is not gone yet. Like, sin has not been eradicated. Sin has not been wiped out. You have not come to the Valley of Megiddo and said, I am, and eradicated this world of all the evil that's in it. And so, God, we're asking and praying that you strengthen and encourage B.R. Hines today that you let him know and remind him that you haven't, you haven't abandoned him, that you were there when the child was born. You were there when the child died. You were there even now, Lord God. And it hurts. It hurts. And we can acknowledge that hurt. And we can give that hurt to you. And we can cry out to you and say, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm in pain. God, it, it, it sucks. God, I, I, I'm at my wit's end. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I don't. We can acknowledge those feelings as David acknowledged the feeling that of a feeling like death was his only friend. We can acknowledge those feelings, God, and we can give those feelings to you. And God, in, 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 in rest in your peace, rest in your comfort, rest in your rest. The rest that you promised us for our souls. You said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. So we're asking, Lord God, that you will, that you navigate B.R. Hines through 
this tough time and remind him that there is rest for his soul, rest for his family's soul if he's willing to let you in. You stand at the door and knock, saying, let me in. And you said in your word, if we ask, we shall receive, seek, we shall find, knock and the door shall be open. And you'll pour your spirit out into anyone who's asking for it and will give more to those who already possess. And so, God, we're just asking and praying for comfort on today, asking that you strengthen him, that you encourage him, that you lift him up, that you, you know, um, strengthen his feeble, his feeble ankles and strengthen his weak knees and allow him to stand up straight in you. Lord God, plug him into um, a body of believers not he, they ain't got to be a church, Lord, but just two or three people just to stand with this man and touch and agree with him that it's going to be all right. It, it's it's going to suck. And it's going to suck for a while, but it's going to be all right. But um, but God, just just allow him to be encouraged on today, um, strengthen him today, embolden him today, um, empower him today and remind him, Lord God, that you hadn't gone anywhere. You are still where you were when all of it began. You are still where you are right now and you will forever be where you are going to be because you are God and you reign on the throne. And we'd be so careful to give your name, our praise, glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We love you, man. Listen, we love you so much. And I'm praying, praying, you know, and for just further encouragement. Um, and like I said, man, you know, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, man. I am so sorry um, for your loss and, you know, I'm praying that God just continues to strengthen and encourage you. And like I said, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that it is. And don't let anybody else tell, don't let anybody else lie to you and tell you that it's going to be easy. No, it's going to be some dark days ahead, man. But you got this. You got this. And you got this because Philippians chapter four says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you can get through this valley experience. You can you can you can be made low and get through this because of the Christ that lives in you, the Christ that lives in you. If he's taking that heart of stone out and giving you a heart of flesh, you can get through this because it is his strength that is made perfect in our weaknesses. And so where you are weak, my brother, he is strong. And so lean into him. Be honest about how you feel, man. You mad at God? Be mad. Job. Look at Job, all 40 freaking chapters of Job. Job was pissed at God, okay? So, so trust and believe. You be mad, be mad at God. It's okay. God can, t- here's what I, what I love about God. He can take our feelings. He ain't, he ain't going to be hurt because you mad at him. He, he's going to mourn with you. He's mourning with you. So don't, so don't feel what's going on. Talk to him about your feelings. Talk to him about your thoughts. Talk to him about your emotions and, 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 and allow him to be God in your life. You got this, man. You got this. And again, I'm standing in agreement with you. All that's listening and watching, we're standing in agreement with you. And we, and we want to send you love and we want to send you, you know, grace and we want to send you peace. And we'll be praying for you and, and hoping that, you know, God strengthens and encourages you as we move forward in him. And so, again, I love you, man. I love you. And I'm praying that God give you the strength and encouragement to do what you need to do in order to move forward, my brother. I really do appreciate you for um, for being courageous enough to put that question in the box 
and allowing us to, you know, minister to you on today and hope that this has been helpful for you. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I'm live Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Monday um, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. again, Monday through Friday. And so grateful to God that he allows us this opportunity to be able to worship him in spirit and truth. Um, and just so excited um, for what God is doing in this space today. Um, listen, I want to thank um, uh, thank y'all for the 4,100 likes, um, especially Ashley Marie. Like, I just really appreciate you today. Like, you've been on one today, and I really do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for just, you know, all the... Um, all the um, support that you gave today just gave you a follow um, for that. And I really do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Cause again, you could have been watching anything else, watch anybody do anything else with anybody else. And so the fact that you spend a little bit of time with your boy on today, man, I just really do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Cause you, you did not have to sit here and, and, and tap <laughs> the, the screen the way that you did. But um, I really do appreciate you today um, for being on the live and for being, uh, having your words of encouragement as well. Uh, to help us to um, just be encouraged in the Lord. Um, and so, again, I really do appreciate the 4,100 likes that we've gotten today and ask and pray that you guys just continue to support the live in any way that you can. Um, if you're feeling, um, if you're feeling, you know, inspired to donate um, to this ministry, the True Gospel Ministry, feel free to give your gifts here on TikTok. None of that money goes to me. None of it goes to me. So I'm not out here trying to make bank. I got my own job. I make my own money doing therapies. I'm not out here trying to make no bank. What this money will do um, is I have three different platforms that I'm operating on and all of them cost a certain amount of money in order to keep the subscriptions up. And so any money that's donated goes straight toward those subscriptions um, to make sure to keep in. If you are feeling, um, feeling the need to or the desire to give to this ministry, um, to give to the True Gospel Morning Show, feel free to um, to give your gifts. Um, and again, anything you give is much appreciated. I'm grateful to anything and everything that you give, and it's all going to go to the keeping up of the, um, the the digital platforms that we've created, so that way we can um, you know keep those things going from now till the, till infinity. Um, but I do appreciate y'all so so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, one final thing that I want to talk about today, um, in light of the fact that we don't have any, um, other questions in the chat box, um, is how to maximize therapy in the Lord. Um, um, I'm a firm believer, obviously as a therapist of, um, having Jesus and having therapy. Um, and so, you know, I'm not one of those who's like, you got to have one or the other. I believe that you can have both. Um, but I do know that a lot of us will sometimes run into situations where it's like they don't know how to incorporate what they've learned in therapy um, um, in their faith walk because they feel like they are two separate things. Um, and so really quickly before I get off the live, because I got to get I, I'm about to get out of here. Um, what I wanted to talk about is how to utilize and maximize what you may be getting from the therapeutic experience in your faith walk. Um, one of the things that I tell people to do all the time is now that you are, we got to think of ther therapy like a mirror, right? This mirror that's been put in front of us, it shows us who we are. It, it gives us a glimpse into who we are. It 
forces us to really dig inside of ourselves and figure out what's going on with us on the inside. Even, um, um, even if insurance no longer supports therapy. Well, there may be a workaround to that. Um, and, you know, hit me up in the DM so we talk about it. Um, but, um, but the way to incorporate is such that, you know, therapy can sometimes act like a mirror. And it shows us who we really are. It forces us to get to know ourselves on a deep level, to really understand and unpack some things, figure out some past traumas, figure out some, some tinkering that needs to be done in terms of our character and our personality, figure out some stuff, right? But now that we have this bevy of knowledge and this bevy of information about who we are, what do we do with it? And so one of the things that I've, um, I've done even, even in the therapy that I did last year is anytime there was something that was given to me that something that I didn't know before I would write it down in a journal and I would pray to God. And I, and I asked him for clarity. I asked him for spiritual clarity. Um, I asked him, Lord God, here it is what I've been shown about something that that's dealing with me. Lord God, help me to see with the spiritual eye when I'm doing whatever it is that's not like you, specific to this situation, so that I can see it, I can call it out, and I can declare your word over my life in this specific, in this specific, acting out of character, acting like I'm, you know, I'm acting not in integrity, you know, compromising, acting like I'm, you know, I'm acting not in integrity you know, compromising on who I am so that if I see it, I can then declare your word over me. Sure enough, you know, situation, the scenario happened where I was people please, where I was about to people please, you know, I could feel the energy to just defer to whatever they wanted to do or whatever they wanted to say, or to make them feel encouraged in whatever they wanted to do by siding with them, knowing good and well, I didn't want to side with them. That, that my thought was not to side with them. And as I was about to speak, the, the Holy Spirit said, this is the moment. This is the people pleasing. Here it is. Now, be quiet. And in that moment, I had a choice. The Holy Spirit is telling me to be quiet. Now, I can. he still gives me free will, so I can speak if I want to. But he's telling me, be quiet. He's telling me to be quiet. And so I obeyed. I got quiet and scanned in that situation. What's going on here? Why am I feeling the impetus and the need to go down this path? Why do I feel the need to people please? And I knew and I felt in that moment and God revealed to me in that moment that it was my desire to be liked, my desire to be seen, my desire to not be, um, not to be seen in a bad light that was causing me to want to say whatever I needed, whatever needed to be said in order to be viewed in their eyes as a good person or a cool person or a person to hang around. And when I saw it, it's like, oh, okay, okay. Now, what does God say? God says you are loved, you are valued, you are validated. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I validate you. I love you. I cherish you. 
I died for you. So you do not have to do anything to make someone else like you. You don't have to do anything to make anyone else validate you. So live in the truth. Speak the truth. And let the consequences be what they are. And sure enough, I spoke my piece, spoke my opinion in that situation. And come to find out, they didn't care one way or another. Great. Awesome. I learned in that space, whether they were or whether they weren't, God got me. God has me. God loves me. God validates me. That is how we maximize what we're getting out of therapy so that we are then able to walk out of our therapy sessions with a bevy of truth and and, and be able to unpack it in a way that is biblical. So again, whether you have a Christian therapist or not, you can still take what they're giving you and then bring it back to the feet of Jesus and say, God, help me to unpack this and understand this and deal with this in a way that allows me to be able to walk out what you have told me in your word. So again, therapy is helpful. Jesus is the greater. So how can Jesus marry the therapy stuff that we're learning about ourselves so that we can be encouraged and strengthened and emboldened to live out our lives in such a way that glorifies God. Because again, we learn what we learn. And when we learn what we learn, we take it to the feet of Jesus and allow him to be God in our lives and do what he is calling us to do. All right, listen, you've been watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. 